a lot of times I can buy a house, you know, there are houses that I send out on my list that already have, you know, $80,000 in bookings for 2022, right? You know, those are some of the higher dollar houses, but, you know, to be able to buy it and not only be turnkey with furniture, which a lot of you know, vacation properties in general are, you get, you know, income on the books for the future that you get, right, as, as the new owner. Um, and then also a lot of these properties have had, you know, very, uh, you know, families that come back year after year, you know, it's like their family getaway in the summer and they, they keep coming back. And just because there's a new owner doesn't mean they're necessarily going to stop that tradition. You can normally pick up on a lot of that. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. It's 11.32 p.m. on a Thursday night and you wake up in a panic. You forgot to send your guests the custom lockbox combination for your Airbnb, and you missed the 17 messages they sent saying that they couldn't get in because you enabled sleep mode on your iPhone. You know, to try and cut down on screen time before bed and all. After apologizing profusely and sending them a bottle of bubbly in hopes that they won't leave you a one-star review, you think to yourself, how do other hosts stay on top of guest communications? The answer, they use Guesty for hosts an easy-to-use rental management platform. With features like automated messages that send important communications to guests at the exact right times, you'll never have to jeopardize your beauty sleep again. Guesty for Hosts allows short-term rental hosts to manage listings from Airbnb, VRBO, and Booking.com in one calendar and send a series of automated messages before, during, and after the guests stay. The platform also has features that help you manage cleanings, build a custom booking website, and so much more. You can start your 14-day free trial today, no credit card or setup fee or commitment required, and you can cancel any time if you don't love it. And it gets even better. While getting started for the first time, use the discount code SPONSTANIUS for 20% off your first year. Again, that's SPONSTANIUS. Use that discount code at checkout for 20% off your first year. In just a moment, you'll meet Alex Breen, founder of BNB Buyer, a bi-weekly newsletter that brings subscribers a list of new Airbnb and other short-term rentals that are for sale. Alex grew up vacationing in short-term rentals. In fact, his family was an early adopter of VRBO. One afternoon, while Alex was in Dublin, his parents were scouting out second homes around Lake Norman in North Carolina. They stumbled upon an incredible home for sale and, after speaking with the realtor, discovered that the home was being used as a short-term rental. Knowing that there was a reputable history of bookings gave Alex's family the confidence that they needed to purchase the home. And it was this experience that sparked the idea for what would ultimately become B&B Buyer. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Alex Breen. So Alex, if I were to crash a happy hour with you and some of your closest buddies, and if, if I were to ask them to, to tell me about Alex, what do you imagine that they'd say? <laughs> uh, good things I'd hope, um, you know, <laughs> hopefully, you know, funny, you know, 
fun to be around, nice, you know, all, all the good things. But um, the one thing that, you know, maybe would be different than, you know, any, any other person would be uh, kind of like hustler or, or a schemer, you know, so okay. kind of always been that way, you know, from like, you know, flipping stuff on eBay as a teenager to, you know, uh, even not, not business things. Like I, uh, I ran our fraternity in college and kind of brought 9,000 pounds of sand into the basement, you know, nice, and, and nice. kind of all kinds of different things, just kind of trying to figure out how to, how to make stuff happen. And, and, you know, a, a, someone who likes to kind of make stuff happen. Yeah. That's a, that's a good descriptor. Um, what were you flipping on eBay? I flipped, uh, you know, consumer electronics for the most part, okay. uh, cell phones, tablets, stuff like that back in the day, you know, iPhones and Androids and stuff like that. Do you remember, I'm just putting you on the spot here, but do you remember sure. sort of like the, uh, the, your, your, your best like grossing product, like uh, of everything that you sold? Like, is it, was there like one phone or like one tablet that like, dude, I paid 50 bucks for this and got, you know, 500 bucks or anything crazy yeah, like that? Yeah. No, there was a, there was one deal that was kind of crazy. I got like, and it's crazy for like a 14 year old. I mean, I think I made like a thousand or 1200 bucks off this one deal, you know? So it's like crazy back then. Serious but, money know, back now then. Or, yeah. Now yeah. Hey, I mean, it like pay rent and stuff, you know? so, <laughs> especially back then. But, um, uh, it was, I bought like a lot of phones, you know? So like a, a package of four uh, or something yeah. from, I think a couple or a family, you know, they were just trying to sell all their phones at once. And one transaction, not deal with it. I bought it. I don't remember the exact numbers, but something like $700 for, for four of them. And then, you know, f- sold them for like, I don't know, a couple of 400 each, maybe or something wow. like that, you know, okay. so okay. maybe my numbers are off, but I remember it was, it was a pretty big deal for me. It was like my best one. Dude, I bet you just felt like, like as a 14 year old too, you're like, I'm on top of the world, man. Like I can do no wrong. Like, yeah, that I so won the eBay auction, like in between classes, you know, in high school, <laughs> and I was like in, you know, in the hallway, like freaking out, like, oh my God, I just made like probably $800 or whatever I thought it was going to be, you know? Oh, dude. Oh, those are the days, man. Uh, eBay auctions, man. Talk about like anxiety. Yeah. Like I remember just <laughs> bidding, uh, bidding on eBay and being like, like I couldn't sleep. It was like two in the morning. Yeah. I remember like going to my parents' desktop computer and like refreshing to see if I like, right. had got the digital camera or not. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, those are the days. Uh, well, dude, we have a lot to talk about, but I, sure. I actually want to kickstart our combo by asking you about your very first experience with Airbnb. So where did you go and and what kind of place did you stay in? This is a question I like to ask everyone that comes on the show just to kind of, you know, set the mood. So where'd you go? What kind of place did you stay in? And and what was your overall experience like? Yeah, it's, this is actually an interesting one for me uh, because I kind of grew up going to short-term rentals, you know? So I don't know, I definitely was Airbnb or, you know, staying in short-term rentals before Airbnb was a thing. I was just kind of the way my family liked to travel, I guess, you know, we would go out to the mountains or, you know, travel pretty much anywhere we'd go. We would try and get a, uh, a place to stay, you know, a house rather than a, uh, a hotel or something like that. So typically that was through, you know, traditional property management companies and stuff, VRBO when that came along and then eventually kind of got into Airbnbs. Uh, the first one I booked myself, I think, you know, obviously going you know, through the families was uh, probably a, an apartment in, uh, in Dublin or a flat in Dublin. Okay. Uh, I, I got there uh, with my, my, at the time, girlfriend, now fiance, we studied abroad and we went to Dublin. And so I booked a flat. Uh, it was pretty nice. You know what's really funny about that? Um, I've never actually answered this question on the show. But oh, like sure. My, yeah. my very first um, Airbnb ever was also in Dublin and was also a flat in Dublin. So that's so funny. Oh, wow. Um, I, I, we have to check, see if it's the same I know, one. I know. What are the odds, man? <laughs> 
Um, well, and, and do you remember, like, I guess you must have stayed at hotels. I, you, your family travels short-term rentals. You'd probably stay at hotels. Like, was there anything specifically different about that experience that, that stood out for, you know, that stood out to you? Like why, why pick an Airbnb versus like a hotel, especially when traveling in, in Europe? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really, I don't actually know why I chose it in, in Dublin. I, th- I think, I mean, the normal thing for us is the, e- the easy winner is a kitchen, right? Yeah, like yeah. being able to have a kitchen, especially traveling with a family, you know, I mean, not the Dublin time, but every other time when we're traveling with a family, um, having the kitchen as, you know, a communal place to gather most, most of the time you have, you know, at least one living room or a game room or stuff like that just really gives much more opportunity for the family to come together without having to go somewhere. Right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when we travel, it's, it's a, we're a relatively larger family. So, so, you know, we're getting, you know, two, three hotel rooms if we're, if we're going in a hotel. So at that point, you know, the pricing wise, it, it almost makes more sense. And then also just gives you way more space to kind of get together and come together as a family. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is you are the founder of BNB Buyer, which is a biweekly newsletter that brings your subscribers uh, a list of, of different new Airbnb and other short-term rentals that are actually for sale. And uh, when I stumbled upon your newsletter, I, I can't even remember if it, I think it must've been in Sam Parr's uh, short-term rental Facebook group. Yep. That must've been where we, where we connected. Yeah, probably. And, um, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is super cool. Like I've, you know, thought about something like this before and you know here's somebody that's that's actually doing this and so as a fellow uh newsletter starter in this uh (laughs) budding short-term rental space i was really curious to you know hear your story like how where did this um where did this idea come from how did you hack your first newsletter together and just talk to us a little bit about sort of like your process Sure. Yeah. So just kind of to, to highlight, recap on what the newsletter is, then I'll get into yeah, please. You know, where it is. So um, basically we send out twice a week, we send out Airbnb properties for sale. So um, these are established properties that have an actual rental history, no projections or anything like that. And we send those out from all across the country to our list of investors, right? We send that out twice a week. Um, and kind of the, the key differentiator there between some of the other, you know, places, you know, that support short-term rental investors is that we're always, you know, we're pretty much always looking at historical numbers, right? Yeah. There's a lot of other places where, you know, like AirDND, the AirDNA and Matt, um, you know, a couple other places that are great at giving projections. And those are really helpful, you know, in, in kind of trying to guess what the property value might be or what the revenue might be. Um, but what we do is we look at actual numbers, right? So we only include number uh, properties that have established numbers. So you can say in 2021, this house did X, not, you know, this is what we're expecting this house to do in a normal year based yep. on an average daily rate and uh, average occupancy and stuff like that. It, it looks at actual numbers, so it can give you a better baseline. Um, the other advantage to kind of looking at properties that are established versus, you know, being able to put new things in there is uh, repeat and potentially future business, right? So uh, from business from the past, and then potentially repeat into the future. Um, there are, you know, there's a little bit of kind of question around ability to transfer bookings from one owner to another. There's yeah. certain ways I've seen it done. There's other times where you kind of have to cancel them and then ask them to rebook. But either way, you know, what I've seen is most of the time um, people, you know, they do rebook, right? So a lot of times I can buy a house, you know, there are houses that I send out on my list that already have, you know, $80,000 in bookings for 2022, right? Yeah. You know, those are some of the higher dollar houses, but, you know, to be able to buy it and not only be turnkey with furniture, which a lot of you know, vacation properties in general, general are, you get, you know, income on the books for the future that you get, right, as as the new owner. Um, and then also a lot of these properties have had, you know, very 
you know, families that come back year after year, you know, it's like their family getaway in the summer and they, they keep coming back. And just because there's a new owner doesn't mean they're necessarily going to stop that tradition. You can normally pick up on a lot of that. Um, so there, there's a lot of pretty, pretty big advantages to that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the main thing. I got the idea actually after my family bought one of these properties. So, um, you you know, they weren't quite sure they were going to, uh, you know, Airbnb or short-term rental it. Um, but they had been looking for a lake house, not too far from, you know, their main house just outside of Charlotte. Um, and they had kind of been looking for a while and they actually stumbled upon it on the boat one day, they were out on a boat and they kind of came up and they saw for sale sign and there was like an open house that was closed and they just pulled up as it was coming to the dock and it was like, like it was meant to be. But then once they kind of, you know, were interested in it, they got some of the disclosures and the documents and stuff. They saw that it was actually being used as a VRBO, right? So it it had a rental history and, you know, they weren't, weren't quite sure, especially it's on Lake Norman, which is, you know, we weren't quite sure if that'd be a a huge destination. It's not like it's, you know, Myrtle beach or Destin or Asheville or stuff like that. Um, So, you know, that kind of gave them the confidence that they had to say, Oh, wow, look, this is actually, you know, it could pay for itself. Right. Um, And, you know, before they were, were uncertain. So it kind of gave them that kind of extra confidence to be able to dive into it. Um, And then they were able to, you know, on theirs, I think they were able to keep the listing, they kept the property manager on. And so they kept on, you know, a lot of reviews, they got a lot of those bookings that came over and over again, um, from people who had done it in the the past. And it's just done, you know, it's done well ever since they haven't looked back. Wow. So, uh, you know, after I saw it work out well, so work out so well for them. Um, you know, I'm starting to get to a point where, you know, I'm kind of curious about, you know, if I got a cabin out in Boone or Asheville or something like that, that'd be nice. Um, and it'd be awesome if I could find one that had short-term rental history, you know? So, um, I just started looking for myself and, you know, I, I started finding a couple of properties and I started looking at a couple other markets and I was like, huh, this is, uh, you know, this is actually kind of fun to look at, right. To do all the research and, you know, um, it's kind of like a hobby to kind of see what properties I might be able to buy, you know, just going on Zillow and, and stuff like that. Um, so I, I kind of figured, I, I wonder if, you know, you know, my, my parents like this, you know, the, you know, if nothing else, I'll be able to send them properties through this newsletter. Right. So, uh, I kind of started this newsletter. I just kind of, you know, opened up a MailChimp account and started, you know, put a website out there, posted in a couple of Facebook groups and stuff like that. And then I started just sending out the properties I was seeing on it, you know, and then, uh, it's gotten to the point where, you know, to be able to maintain two a week, I had to, um, you know, hire a VA to help me out and yeah. kind of do some of that research. Uh, just to be able to maintain, you know, sending out 10, 15 properties a week uh, across, you know, we monitor over a hundred, uh, hundred markets now. So, um, you know, to be able to have, you know, your pulse on the market, stuff like that, uh, that's been super helpful, but yeah, just kind of, we, we research, uh, different properties and send them out twice a week. Wow. I, I really appreciate that download and, and it's so cool. One of the things that I just want to call out too that I think is is helpful is oftentimes when when I'm talking to folks on on this show and I, you know I like I like for the show to be more like human interests and less like you know how to hack your way to you know how to become a millionaire through through short term rentals because uh, sure. there's plenty of those out there and whatnot and some some good ones too but um I, I do have to ask you a couple questions just out of my own curiosity like one of the things that I imagine your subscribers find valuable is a lot of people want to jump into the short-term rental space right now. And mm-hmm. it's one thing to like find a beautiful property or find like a fixer upper to, to buy it. And then like spend three, four months, if you're lucky, especially with supply chains, you know, right now, right. Yeah. refabbing it, like getting it ready to mm-hmm. rock in order to, to, to list with, with this model. Like if you can find and, and acquire an existing B and B, 
you know, at the very least, like there are people that are willing to book it as is right, right. now, let alone yeah. like, and that way, and that way you actually have more time to do everything that you want to do to mm-hmm. increase that nightly rate, you know, by a hundred, yep. 200, 300 bucks. Right. But at the very least, while you're making those improvements, you've got some cash coming in. And so that's, right. you know, I love what you're doing because to your, to your earlier point, there are a number of resources out there that will give you, you know, some interesting data around uh, nightly rates, occupancy rates, like AirDNA is a, is a really good asset. But um, what I love about this model is it's very, very, very niche and specific to, hey, you could buy this as an investment mm-hmm. and also like three days later, have somebody stay, right? As you're, right, as you're yeah. making tweaks. And like, that's that's super 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 unique. Um, I wanna I wanna understand a little bit more because again we do we do like to get all human interesty here. Like like how, who are you? Like wh- why did you have you been interested in like the short term rental space before? Like do you like real estate? Like was it really just serendipitous that you're on this boat with your family? They see this sign and like you're like hey maybe there's a market here. Like uh, talk to us a little bit about who you are and, and like why you decided to spend so much time on this project. Yeah. So I, ironically, I actually wasn't on the boat. Um, oh, you weren't on the boat. Okay. While I was okay. in, uh, <laughs> uh, in Dublin, like we talked about it. Um, it, those were simultaneous, interestingly enough, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I have been interested in real estate for a while, you know, I mean, started watching, you know, YouTube videos about, you know, people like Graham Stephan and, and other people on yeah. YouTube who talk about, you know, like the multifamily and duplexes and stuff like that. And so, you know, when I got to my senior year of college, I started looking at the market and I was like, Oh, can I get a duplex and house hack, you know? all that kind of stuff ended up didn't work it ended up not working I, I bought a townhouse but um I still was able to house hack rented out a couple of rooms and stuff like that so you know I, I was always interested in uh, you know the real estate market I, I bought real estate at a relatively young age I was very fortunate to be able to do that um and so you know yeah I mean I, I saw the like I said we've been staying in short-term rentals my whole life right yeah. like it's been you know more than hotels and um I you know I really like being able to do that i and I saw how great of an investment it has been for my family. I was like, you know, it would be awesome for me to have a, a mountain house. You know, I, I like going out to the North Carolina mountains or different areas, you know, with, with friends or, or with my family and, you know, being able to have my own house and, and be able to offer that to other families to be able to come out and make memories would be, I thought that'd be super awesome. So yeah. you know, that, that was kind of where my interest was. And in terms of like piecing together the newsletter, like had you had you ever started a newsletter before? Like, did you know what you're doing? You just randomly went to Mailchimp.com and, and created a free account. And yeah. like, like, how did that work? Yeah, that, I mean, that was really interesting. I was actually so I'm a member of Trends, which I know Sam Parr, you know, um, and Ethan Ethan Brooks, I think his name is, did like a piece on how to build a newsletter, and that kind of came out shortly shortly before I started. Like when I was thinking about this, you know, that kind of gave me a, a little bit of a kickstart. And he had an interesting line. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like you know, people kept asking like, oh, what's the best tech stack? Should I be using, you know, ConvertKit or ah, MailChimp yeah. or Substack or, you know, whatever. And he's like, it doesn't matter. You know, they all, especially for your first thousand subscribers, they all do basically the same thing. They're all basically the same price. It like the most important thing is to just pick one and go for it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think, um, I made my website on card, you know, it's a website yep. builder. I think MailChimp might've been, you know, one of the main ones or one of the only ones, if I remember, um, that integrated with it smoothly. And I was like, all right, I'll just do MailChimp. Sold. You know, it's like, <laughs> I and it was like, I just need to be able to kind of type the emails out in a decent format and be able to send it. And ideally, you know, track opens and track clicks and stuff like that. But 
I was not super bothered by that. I was just like, all right, I guess I just got to start. We got to start sending it out and see if people like it. One of the, um, uh, again, as a, as a fellow newsletter curator, I think one of the things that like, it, it's both really exciting, but then it's also like terrifying. Like when you start seeing subscribers roll in, it's almost like this, like, oh shit, now I have to do the new, like, <laughs> right. ding. Like, and, and like, it, it's hard to like, you know, what I'm sure once you amass a, a significantly large following it's a little bit easier to like all right this is just part of my rhythm but like you know when you're right. when you're you got your first couple hundred and then you're slowly growing right it's like do i really need to do this like does anyone yeah. especially when like it's like open rights are decent but it's like is, does anyone care but then there's always right. like that one person that like responds or like yeah then there's like a, a conversion that, that happens you can email that or, or someone calls you out on social and it's like all right. it takes is like that one little like boost of okay one person yeah, likes me it's to justify it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah. so so like talk to me about like how do you find the the houses like what is, what's your process for for curating yeah so we actually have a couple i guess inbound and outbound right so we're, as we've started to grow and you know we've got a lot more following a, a surprisingly high number of people on my list are realtors right the people that i send the properties to yeah, um just yeah. a lot um a lot of realtors are short-term rental investors and a lot of short-term rental investors are realtors right um and i'm sure some of them are sharing properties with you know their clients and stuff like that as well um so but with having that kind of huge network of realtors subscribed and aware of bnb buyer i'm starting to get a little bit of properties you know inflow i've, I've even gotten some properties that are like off market or pocket listings and stuff like that, where, um, you know, I, BNB buyer gets a heads up before it even goes on the MLS or nice. some people want to sell. I've had some, um, some owners who reach out and say, you know, I'm selling it off market. I don't really want to pay a real real estate agent commission. Um, and would you be willing to share it with your list? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just want to get the best deals for my list. Frankly, I don't, I don't get a cut if, um, uh, if you buy it or not, or if it goes through an agent or not. So uh, yeah, I'll share it. So there's been a little bit of inbound, but to be honest, most of it is kind of outbound uh, research. Yeah. So that's kind of where I, I mentioned I hired a, a virtual assistant that helps me out do, doing that. Um, she's part-time, but she's, she's amazing at it. Um, and we track over a hundred cities across the country. Um, and we just look for kind of across them all, you know, there's ways to search for keywords and the descriptions and stuff like that. And we're like, um, you know, some, some properties just tell you what their revenues are, you know, and yeah. you can just take those. Um, but then other properties, you know, it, it just says, yeah, this is, this is a, a cash cow or a vacation rental machine. Right. And you're like, all right, well, we know what it is, but we, you know, need to do our due diligence and a little bit of vetting for our buyers to be able to say, you know, can you share your rental numbers and stuff with that? So typically uh, with most of our properties, we reach out to the real estate agent, explain that we're happy to promote it. There's no cost to them. And uh, you know, just share your only requirement is that you share your numbers. Numbers. Again, uh, we, you know, all our properties need to have an actual rental history. So yep. just kind of send over a screenshot of Airbnb, uh, Excel export, um, you know, some, a document from your property management company, something like that. Um, we do, of course, still recommend all of our subscribers do their own due diligence before purchasing a property or anything, but we do like to do a little round of vetting and just kind of understanding, you know, where are the numbers so that then we can look at all of the properties we collect, you know, we probably collect, um, you know, somewhere around 30 to 50 a week, maybe properties that we see. And then we only send out, you know, 10 to 15 of the you know, actual best deals. We try and curate a nice balance of, you know, they're not all, uh, you know, 
million dollar homes in Destin. We like sure. to give you a little bit in Gatlinburg or a little bit in, you know, the, the West coast or stuff like that. Just kind of, because we do have uh, a huge list of uh, people with varying interests, you know, yeah. not only different parts of the country, but you know, a lot of people have different interests in what they're looking for yeah, yeah. Out of the vacation rental. Right. So, um, you know, people like my family, they weren't really looking at it as like, Oh, I think we can, you know, to be an eight cap, you know, or a 10 cap, like, which is crazy in this real estate market, you know, they're more like, Oh, this would be an awesome place for our family to come together and, uh, you know, enjoy the lake and we can have family reunions here and like, and maybe it'll pay for itself. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's, that's a pretty different investor than, um, people that want, you know, a 10 cap or a 12 cap, um, which, you know, we see sometimes, but <laughs> that's a pretty good deal. Um, but we, we, we serve both of them. Right. So we find deals that are just, you know, money printers and we find deals that are, you know, they're just going to cover it, but that's what some of our, some of our subscribers are looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's super, super interesting. And like, when you, when you think about, um, uh, like, do, do you have a paid offering? Like, do you, like, how do you make any money? Like, how, how are you making money right now? Yeah. Uh, the short answer is, uh, we're, we're still growing. We're prioritizing gross sure. growth, which means, uh, you know, not, not profitable, but, um, we, we do a couple of different things. So we, we do have a little bit of sponsorships. We've, okay. we've done that once or twice where we do include a, a list, a sponsored or a premium listing where yep. that is typically normally for most of our sellers, they don't have to pay anything, uh, because, they have, as long as it has an established rental history, right? Like you kind of touched on that. Um, if somebody wants to position a property that doesn't have an established rental property, but wants to get in front of all my investors, I do a sponsored listing up to one or two uh, per email, just to kind of allow them to reach my audience. And sure. then that kind of helps fund the virtual assistant all the time and stuff and researching and yeah. stuff like that. Um, to, to kind of, I know you had a question on here about kind of where we're going and the premium offering and stuff like that. Um, one of the, one of the biggest requests I've had from my, my audience has been, Hey, can we customize this a little bit more? Yeah. You know? So it's, um, it's something that, like I said, there is a, a pretty big variation in what people are looking for. Some people, you know, I couldn't afford a $600,000 house. I'm like, for me, I'd be like, show me stuff that's like 400,000 or less or or whatever my number is. That's a, that's a common one or only show me in these couple of States or some people who are more, you know, strictly investment minded might say, you know, only show me something that has a 10%, um, return on investment or a 25% cash on cash return stuff like that. Um, that's kind of one of the big requests we've had. And so I've been kind of building out the, the tech stack on the back end to be able to automate that. Um, and that's what we're, we're looking at, hopefully being able to offer some kind of way to, to customize it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you bring that up because, uh, on the spontaneous side of things too, like that's the number one request we get from folks. Like right now, like yeah. we twice a week, we send out 150 last minute Airbnb deals and, mm-hmm. um, but, but there's no ability to, to, to custom or filter. Like, Hey, I only want to see, like, we do have like the newsletter goes out, folks can click onto the newsletter and they're taken to a, a webpage where they can, there's some basic filtering there, but sure. like you can't, you can't subscribe to like only deals via the newsletter from Southern California. Right. And like, that's, right, the, that's, right. that's like, uh, we're working on this right now, but it's like, yeah, that that's like next level. And, but I think it's yeah. like a really, it's a, it's a really good sign that like, you've got folks that are, that are asking for that. Cause it means, Hey, you've built up enough trust already. People like the product, they mm-hmm. understand its value. And therefore like with more customization, people will, you know, be, be willing to pay, uh, pay at least something right for, for better yeah. access. Um, but I, I can totally like appreciate that, that challenge of like figuring out, okay, there are so many ways that we could splice this, right? Like, yeah. w- where do you start? Do you start by location? Do you start by home type? Do you say, you know, uh, and then yeah. how do you graduate from there? Right. I, I'm curious, like, 
since you look at so many different homes across, you said like a hundred markets, what, what markets are, are kind of hot right now? Like, are, are there any markets that our, our listeners like who are interested in maybe acquiring another short-term rental or maybe their first short-term rental, like that they sure. should be looking at? Like, what are, what are you seeing? Um, and you know, bonus points if it's uh, a surprising market. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually putting together a report right now on, uh, you know, we've been collecting this data for all these properties for the last, you know, several months. Um, and I'm, I'm putting together a report that kind of says, you know, state of the market, that kind of thing. And these are the places where you can get this kind of ROI. And this is the different type of thing you're looking at. Um, so, you know, be on the lookout for that, I guess, subscribe to the newsletter and, and then you'll, you'll be able to get the full, full list, but kind of a, a preview. Um, number one is actually not much of a surprise that the top couple is uh, kind of Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge. Um, that place is on fire right now, uh, both from like a kind of appreciation over the last couple of years, the, the prices have gone um, pretty crazy, you know, in terms of, you know, doubling, tripling potentially in, in some properties. Um, but they're still, they're still earning like killing, um, you know, killer ROIs. Like typically um, in, in general, one thing I'm seeing is, you know, around a 10% of purchase price to gross annual income wow. is, is about good. You know, 12%, I'd say is very good. And then anything above that is like, you better buy it right away, you know, or, or there's something else, you know, that something um, wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or there's, yeah, there's, they're, you know, double check the numbers or something like that. <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, in Gatlinburg, I mean, most properties we're seeing around 10%, you know, there's not a ton of variation there. Um, and that's probably, you know, what most people kind of would expect. Um, definitely one of the most popular markets. Um, the real other fast, one real that, fast on that yeah. dude, this is totally like, uh, uh sure. an anecdote, but I've been looking for, uh, a place. My parents have their 30th wedding anniversary this summer and they were like, okay. Oh, like, let's go to, you know, Smoky Mountain National Park or like, let's go, you know, we were, we were looking at California for a while. We're going to go to Yosemite okay. and I was looking oh, cool. at homes. I've also have a big family. I was looking at homes in Yosemite yeah. for like, you know, a family of eight. Um, mm -hmm. And then literally the homes in Yosemite seemed to be like just as expensive as the ones in Gatlinburg. And I was like, are you yep. kidding me? Like I would never have thought this <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Tangent. But. Yep. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. It's um, and we, Yosemite is a good market too. Um, you know, we've seen a couple of deals from there. Um, the other one that's more surprising though, is, um, hot springs, Arizona. Huh. So that's a place where it's actually, I mean, it kind of makes sense. There's a lot of people from that area that, you know, there's a reasonable amount of people that that's within driving distance for, there's a lot of, you know, pretty cool lakes, it seems and stuff like that. I've only ever driven through it. I've never stopped, but, um, and the, and the housing prices are still very, uh, reasonable, I would say, especially, you know, based on comparing it to Gatlinburg or something like that, you tend to see, you know, um, an $800,000 house in Gatlinburg might be you know five hundred thousand dollars in hot springs yeah yeah super super interesting um i know that you're still just getting started here so this this next question might be um a little premature but from sure. from your research as you sort of look at um the history of these homes and the the history of ownership of these homes like have you been able to sort of like ascertain any trends around like how long people on average are holding on to short-term rentals like are most of the homes that you guys are looking at and featuring, you know, have they been Airbnbs for a year, two to three years, over five mm -hmm. years, any sort of interesting data points there that you could share? Yeah. So that's actually really interesting. And, you know, there's a little bit, I'm, I'm a data analyst by day. So, you know, okay, this perfect. is my world. And yeah, but you got to throw out some disclaimers here, right? Because obviously there's like a measurement bias because we're only looking at homes that are being sold, right? So we can't really talk about the overall average sure. holding length, but um, kind of, I'll say anecdotally, what I've seen 
most common um, is probably around the two to three year mark. Um, there are some homes that we'll see that have been, you know, they bought it. Uh, there was one that I sent out in the newsletter a couple of weeks ago that's, that seemed like a pretty great deal down in Georgia. Um, they bought it in like May, they fixed it up, they kind of updated it and renovated it and stuff like that. Um, they did, you know, pretty great um, numbers just in like six, seven, six or seven months. And then they turned around and they were selling it for, you know, a, a profit. So, because they kind of did some flipping and renovating and stuff like that. Um, so there, there's a couple like that where it's, you know, um, you know, less than a year of rental history, which is, you know, not, not, um, not as ideal as being able to say it's done this much for every year for the last three years, Sure. but, um, or the last five or 10 years would be amazing, but, uh, it still gives you a, you know, pretty solid idea on what people are renting it in its current condition. Like to your point, um, most I'd say are probably in the two to three year range. And, you know, part of that, I would say speculating here, you know, as someone who's interested in investing in real estate and stuff like that, a lot of these people have bought at, you know, pretty, you know, they're, they're looking at six figure profits or, or, you know, to, you know, they could have doubled their money. And yeah. especially if they put 25, they, they doubled the purchase price. Right. And then they put 25% down. So they're making, you know, whatever eight X their money. So it's, I feel like in some markets, you know, in some, some cases it's like, it'd be hard for me to buy a house for $300,000 and, you know, not sell it for a million if I could, yeah. you know, so, um, <laughs> that that's kind of one thing I've had to hypothesize because some of them are still doing pretty solid numbers. You know I mean? Like I said, um, generally we see between seven and 10% um, of list price to gross annual income. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, most of the time I'd say we're seeing two to three years. Okay. And you said you guys feature about what you said about 15 homes per, per newsletter. Yeah. Well, per week. Per um, week. So yep. if we, if we do two a week, it's um, you know, normally it varies depending on the week between four and seven. Okay. Okay. Now are you, I assume that you guys are uh, looking through what, like hundreds and kind of whittling that down. Like how, like how, yep. I guess how many, give us a sense of like, you know, the overall market here, like how many in any given week, or maybe if it's easier in any given month, like how many rental properties that are being used as STRs, like, are there even out there? Like roughly. Right. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's gotta be rough here. And it's kind of an estimate, but I mean, we look through, I don't even know, probably on average three to 400 homes a week. Okay. Now that's keeping in consideration, like that's us literally looking at homes that are, we think are rental histories and then like reaching out and seeing if it is. And then yeah. we only get, you know, not a high percentage back sure, of sure. realtors actually saying, yeah, go ahead and share my property. Here are all the numbers. You know, some people say the owners, you know, this is a private business. The owners yep. don't really want to share publicly, that kind of thing. Um, and some realtors are just, you know, in this market, they're like, I don't really need to promote. It's already under contract, you know, uh, or we already have five offers. Um, so, uh, I'd say, you know, there are, there is, uh, I think probably in this, I think I said somewhere around 30, 30 to 50, sometimes lower on like closer to 20, especially it's, it definitely slowed down around the holidays. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd say somewhere in the range of 20 or 30 to 50 on the high end for some weeks okay. of properties that we see, you know, with rental history, um, and they're coming up and, you know, some of them stay on the market for a while. Some of them, you know, go right away. You know, yeah. So. I'm curious. So I've seen a bunch of in like our own travels and just kind of through spontaneous, a bunch of Airbnb like collectives like popping up, right? Where you've got like mm -hmm. folks that are building a brand around their, mm -hmm. you know, three, five, 15, you know, homes. Are you guys seeing, again, this is, this is probably too early, but like, are there any 
have you have you seen any homes that have been sold by like a collective or collection of Airbnbs and are like do you think this idea of I guess I'd I'd love your thoughts on like building a brand around a collection of homes like is this something that you think we'll see more of is it uh, is this sort of just like a, a trend right now like what are Alex's thoughts on this yeah um so we do see I was surprised by how many we see of like almost a mini portfolio yeah no we yeah. don't normally see like a uh, you know 50 homes like you might see like a like a REIT would invest in or yep. something like that but um we see you know where you know one person might have acquired two three homes and they're kind of just selling them as a package you know they want to exit um for whatever reason um we're also seeing you know i've seen a couple of deals where like there was one that was pretty cool um along that those lines of the collective of like a um uh uh like a a resort almost I want to say or like a, a basically it's like someone bought a bunch of land in North in the North Carolina mountains okay. on a river and it was you know they had a bunch of like tiny homes on it right ah, like that okay, kind of thing like okay. a tiny yeah, home yeah, community yeah. almost and they I think there were 10 properties on it and it was I don't, I don't remember exactly it was doing a couple hundred thousand a year and they were asking low millions for it you know so um and like it might have been two or three hundred a year thousand a year and they were asking like close to two million maybe a little under um, so, you know, pretty, pretty good ROI and, yeah. uh, you know, pretty cool, uh, place. I was like, oh man, it's like, if I had that kind of money, that'd be something I'd be interested in investing <laughs> in. You know, like I, at the very least I've seen a lot of properties that I want to go stay at. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, oh, and, you know, maybe I don't have the, the million and a half to go buy this thing, but I can, you know, cough up a hundred bucks a night for the tiny <laughs> home if I want to. Um, but yeah, we're, we're seeing a little bit of that. There aren't a ton of like brands being sold, you yeah, know, where yeah. it's like, you know, they're putting a lot of, a lot, I know what you're talking about where they have these collectives and they're, they're really trying to put their brand name on something. Yeah. We haven't seen a ton of that. Um, save for like a, a couple of examples like that tiny home. Um, we do see a lot that have direct booking already set up. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. um, they put, you know, a little bit of a, a name behind themselves there, but normally that's like one or two. Um, again, though, that kind of really plays into when we talked talking early about being able to transfer over your listing. Um, you know, if it's direct booking, there's no rules, you know, Airbnb is out of the question, you know, you already have that, um, and stuff like that. Well, yeah. And, and why I asked that question was because I'd imagine for some buyers too, like there's, some, there's, there's opportunity with the property itself, but then there's also opportunity to like buy the brand that comes with it. Like if you find a property that does have, right. you know, even a, even, you know, trickle in direct bookings, that probably means that they've got a website. It probably means mm -hmm. that they have an Instagram. Like they've, they've probably yep. done some sort of marketing to sort of build up that, that awareness. Um, sure. and so you're, you're not just getting a, a cool pad, like you're potentially also acquiring a small business, um, which is, which is super right. interesting and like makes, makes these deals potentially even more interesting. Yep, absolutely. So final question for you, man, is, as you think about the next year, the next couple of years, as you grow BNB buyer, um, you know, what's the plan? Like, uh, where, where do you see this really going? And you know, what, what can we kind of expect for um for what your next couple years might look like yeah i mean we, we kind of touched on the premium offering uh you know earlier that's kind of in the immediate horizon but kind of my my goal with this is to be able to help you know short-term rental investors be able to find properties right like yeah. um that's pretty fun it's something that you know I, I get a lot of fulfillment like you were talking about whenever people respond and say you know hey uh, you know thank you for sending this out this is amazing you know i mean i think about how much time i spent doing it and you know 
granted it was like a guilty pleasure of mine or something I enjoyed <laughs> doing, but you know, for some people it's, you don't, they just don't have the time to do that. And so we're saving people, you know, several, several, you know, 10, 20 hours a week worth of work, maybe just kind of researching some of these properties. Um, so just kind of being able to continue to, to, go out and help these people build their, build their businesses, either acquire their first or their second short-term rental. Um, or, you know, some of, some of our people already have a handful already and they're just looking for their eighth or ninth, you know? Um, that's one thing I've, I've found is a lot of people, a, a high percentage of my list already own a short-term rental, right? They're not trying to get into it for the first time. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems kind of like something that once you get into the short-term rental game, you, you just want more, right? Like, um, that does seem so to be just true. kind of being able to help those people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool, man. That's that's really exciting. Um, and for folks who are listening in that uh, want to subscribe, we'll have links to you and your website and all that fun stuff in the show notes. But uh, just a quick call out: what is your what is your website? Yeah, sure. It's just bnbbuyer.com. So bnb like Airbnb, and then buyer like buyer. Dot com, and it's free to sign up. Um, and yep, and and folks should do that if they're if they're interested in staying connected. Well, man, I really appreciate your time. Um, love what you're building. Super excited about it. And uh, thanks for coming on and sharing your story with us. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for having me. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, And thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.